Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Thank you so much. Um, if you will, turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Good. Awesome. I want to ask you a question. Um, who in here has been through trials? Has anyone in here been through a trial, currently going through a trial, or just got out of one? I think we all understand that trials are a part of life. I don't think there's any way to avoid it, get around it, opt out of it, but that's just, that's life for you. There's three things that you're going to get in life is stress, death, and taxes. That's the top three things you will always have. Have you ever met anyone who seems like they can't escape trials? They just have bad luck, trial after trial after trial after trial. Or, this is a, a buddy of mine to the T, have you ever met someone who just keeps asking for them? Like, they just deserve every bit of trouble that they end up getting into because that's just how they are. I had a buddy in high school who was so obnoxious, he would come into the basketball team, get on the basketball court, and just aggravate everyone on both sides, and he would get all sorts of fouls and beat up, and it's like, dude, you just, you earned every bit of it. Don't, don't even try to get an excuse. So we all understand that trials are a part of life. Look with me in chapter one of James. James is a book written to the, the Jewish people, the Jewish believers, the Christians there. It says in verse two, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for an opportunity to just gather with one another, Lord, to uh, just pray for the, the church body and those around it. Lord, I pray that you be with each one and every one of these names, that you be with the missionaries, Lord, that you just bless them, encourage them, strengthen them, give them wisdom. Lord, I pray that you be with us tonight as we dig into your word, Lord. Help me to speak your word and not mine. Help me to elevate your name and not my own, Lord. Lord, I pray that you be with us this time. Help us to have ears to hear and hearts to listen. In your name, amen. So in this passage, I'd like to talk to you about three different things. I was, before I dive into our three points, I was last week trying to figure out what, what is something that as a teenager I could give to a group of adults that have way more experience in just about every aspect than I do. At our school, uh, one of my best friends was our vice president for our class. And they, they chose a verse for our class. And on it, we have a little sticker that's on my computer. And I'd be happy to show any of you who would like to see it. It says, count it all joy. Our, our class verse was verses 2 and 3 of James chapter 1. And in this passage, I was studying through it. I'm like, man, I think that's something everyone goes through at every stage of life, whether they're, you know, infant, 
toddler, child, teenager, college student, adult, senior citizen, everyone goes through trials. So in this passage, I'd like to discuss three things with you. Number one, the acknowledgement of trials. Trials will happen. Number two, the purpose of trials. Why do trials happen and what is the point of them? And number three, the outcome of trials. Let's dig into the first point. The acknowledgement of trials, verse chapter two, or verse two, excuse me. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations. First off, when you come to a, a situation, I was reading with uh, Pastor Austin a couple days ago. We were going through some training that we have. It's called Arbor. It's a mentorship. And we're reading from John Maxwell. He says, the number one thing you can do when you come into any situation, job, life, personal, spiritual, any situation, is have a good attitude. And we see this right in the very first part of the verse, my brethren, count it all joy. But you may be wondering, what is joy? Joy is a perpetual gladness of the heart that comes from knowing and experiencing and trusting Jesus. So many people have, especially in our secular world, have, well, joy is happiness, right? It's an emotion. No, joy is not an emotion. Contrary to popular belief, contrary to every Christmas reap that we've all seen that says Jesus others you, joy is not an emotion. It is a mindset. Happiness is an emotion. Happiness comes and goes. Happiness can be sad. It can change just like that when trials come. So the first thing when a trial comes up, when a storm comes and a hurricane, what do you do? You prepare for it. When a trial comes, it says, count it all joy. Before anything happens, I'm going to say, you know what? God's getting ready to teach me something. God's ready, getting ready to test me. So the first thing you can do is have a joyful attitude. The second part of this, the acknowledgement of trials, is right after that, it says, when ye fall into divers' temptation, like I said at the beginning, trials, tribulations, temptations are inevitable. It is part of life. It will never stop. When ye fall. Not if ye fall. Not if you happen to slip up. Not if, you know, by chance you get unlucky, you might have something. It says, when ye fall. Christians, I think each and every one of us know this. Life is hard. I can tell you as a 19-year-old, college life is hard. For those like Colin who had just gotten out of college, finals are hard. They are not fun. I have spent many sleepless days Many, 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 many bags of coffee preparing for the ultimate trial of my freshman spring semester of finals. But it says here, when ye fall, it's going to happen. We should expect it to happen. And there's so many people that I've seen in my own life who have tried to avoid this. You know, when a trial comes, they just like, nope, 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 I'm good. I'm stepping out. I'm good. I'll, I'll pass. So when we have a good attitude and we know that trials are coming, it says when ye fall into divers temptations, when ye fall, it's not, 
Oh, we had a really bad hurricane a couple months ago in Pensacola. And you walked outside and the water was clear to the top of the, the curb, then some. So the, the doors to our dorm room are here, the curb's here, the bottom of the hill's down here, and the water's all the way to the curb, almost to the door. And it's not like jumping in a puddle. You are fully submerged in this trial. David Gerzig said that when trials come, it's not a go in step by step, but are plunged and submerged into it. So when ye fall into diverse temptations, when the inevitable trials come, when you are knee deep into it, when you've dove in, it's like, here's a trial, let's just dive right into it. That is, that's what happens. The inevitable trial. And that last part of verse 2, divers temptations. There are many times I've had a few buddies and I, you know, we try to act all theological. And as freshmen, we go through our freshman year, it's like, we know stuff. And then we talk to a senior or talk to the pastor, and they're like, we don't know stuff. We know nothing at all. Like, we are just freshmen. We're just skimming the top. And I always thought divers meant diverse. I was like, okay, different types of trials, temptations. I looked it up. That's not what divert, divers means. And that just, I was like, okay, well, what does divers mean? Divers is an indefinite number, an uncountable, an unknown number of whatever. So whether it's an unknown amount of trials, an unknown amount of bags of coffee I've consumed while at college, the scripture says that when you fall into un uncountable trials, count it all joy. The attitude we have for these inevitable, knee-deep, going to get drenched in these unnumberable temptations. It says, count it all joy. So we get to our second point, the purpose of trials. Why would God, who loves us so much, make us go through trials? What is the point? Look in verse number three. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Does anyone here, maybe... I, I had to cut back because I injured myself. Like to work out, or used to like to work out. I was a gym junkie for a while, and I would get in there, and I'd start, and then realize I'm skinny, and I just, this is not working out for me, so I kind of quit. Well, the point of working out is to build yourself up, to continue to push yourself. So like this, knowing that the trying of your faith what does that mean? What is the trying of our faith? It is saying that trials happen to test us, to test our faith. I, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. I said, well, why, why would you try your faith? Why would you do that? Much like you would test your knowledge, trials and tests do not create faith. They do not, a test does not create knowledge. So if you do a trial, well, what's the point? The point of a trial is to test what is already there. Well, where do you get faith from, you might ask? Well, it says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as a Christian, this book is written to Christians. 
knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. The point of trials is to test your faith. This is something that I, I've always, you know, been confused about until someone I was reading from Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher. We love to just dissect all of his books. I got a couple of his. I've been gifted a few uh, little pieces of his work, and it says, we notice that it is the faith that is tested. It shows that faith is important and precious because only precious things are tested so thoroughly. So if we're tested and the testing is faith, what is the outcome? The outcome, it says in verse 3, the trying of your faith worketh patience. This outcome, this, this, this trial that is going to produce something work is patience, but it can only be tried, it can only try something that is already pre-existing. So if, say I am going to test a new life jacket. This is the brand new state-of-the-art life jacket, but it's just a prototype. So I'm going to jump off of a boat into 20 feet of water and say I can't swim. I'm a lifeguard, so... It's okay if I don't know how to swim. I'll figure it out. But I'm going to jump in, not knowing how to swim, and I got this lifeguard, or this uh, life vest on. It's brand new, prototype. We'll see what it does. It's so-called going to, you know, little helicopter is going to pick me up or whatever. We'll see how it does. And if I jump in the water without the life vest, would that test work? The test wouldn't work because I didn't bring the life vest with me. If I don't have that faith to be tested, you can't test it. So knowing this, that the trying of your faith, to go through this, to understand why these trials are happening, we have to have faith. This hearing, it says in verse 10, 17 of Romans, so faith cometh by hearing and the hearing of the word of God. God tests his children. He tests their faith. Because if we don't have faith, what's the point of testing you? If, if I'm a freshman in high school and I have no experience and I go to some top-rated college, and I'm like, all right, we're going we're gonna to test your knowledge of anatomy. And I'm like, what? I have no knowledge of anatomy. I'm just a freshman in high school. So how can you test me if I have no knowledge of it? You get a big fat zero on it, on that exam that you would take. But God says, it says in his word that the test, the trying of your faith worketh patience. You have to have faith before you even enter the trial. It's a prerequisite. Much like to get into a college or get into a job, you have to have a, a GED or a diploma. There has to be something already pre-existing to enter this trial. Charles Spurgeon also said, Faith is as vital to salvation as the heart is vital to the body. Hence, the javelins of the enemy are mainly aimed at this essential grace. So why are trials so hard? To test your faith. That is the main focus of the enemy, is to attack that faith. There's got to be a breaking point. He's going to break. He can't rely just on what he knows. He has to rely on his faith.
So that is the main attack of what Satan does. He's going for that faith. He's gunning for it. I'm taking out this one support beam because if that sinks, everything else goes with it. So that's why God tests your faith. Verse number four. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Our final point is the outcome of these trials. It says in verse three, Faith work, the trying of your faith worketh patience. So, let me get this straight. We're going through trials. What does patience have to do with anything? Why, why patience? What is patience, while many think it's just, you know, tolerating someone who's super annoying, like my little brother who just wants to play my PlayStation. I'm just, oh, I'm so impatient with you. I just want to beat you up because that's what big brothers do. No, that's not what it's meaning. This patience that it's talking about also means endurance. The strength to continue on. When your trials come and they test your faith, they produce patience, the endurance to keep moving. Just like that workout that I'm grinding myself through, I'm doing those push-ups, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force myself to do better, to strengthen myself. When I finish that workout, I'm stronger. When I finish that, that days ending, never-ending days of studying, you know, sometimes it works. I prefer to take it small segments, go fishing, come back, study some more, go fishing, come back, do more fishing, and come back. But the studying, you know more. You are better than when you started. Much like when you put a raw mineral in a furnace and you heat it and you melt it down and you purify what's in it. That's what God's doing here for us. When he tries us, he's putting our faith this, this faith that we have, he's putting in this furnace and he's superheating it. It's like, I'm going to purify your faith. I'm going to strengthen you. Because if I took, let's say, we took a hunk of iron ore, just slapped it right here on the top of the podium, what use would that be to me? Well, there's many uses of it. Well, iron can make uh, swords. It can make buildings out of you can use it to, you know, certain minerals like silver. You can make a jewelry out of it. But if it's just this hunk of rock, you can't do anything with it. So when you superheat it, you purify what's there, what's already there. You purify what's there. You put it through the test. You make it useful. Just like when God puts our faith to the test, he's like, my child, I can use you now because you've been through this. Your endurance to continue is better than it was before. Because if I took a test at the start of the semester, an exam at the start of the semester, knowing nothing about it, that would do me no good. But if I went through the trials, if I went through the studying, if I went through all the classes, the tests, the midterm, to get to that final exam and went through it, I would know more than I did at the start. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Let's look at the word perfect work, or the phrase perfect work, that ye may have perfect and entire, wanting nothing. What does that mean? 
I was reading, and what this is saying is that it takes time. It takes time to, to melt that ore into something useful. It takes time to, to test that life jacket that we were just talking about. You know, if I just threw it in there one time and it worked, let's just slap a receipt thing on there and send it off to the store, head it to Walmart. That wouldn't do any good. What happens if it fails on the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time? That would do me no good. I'd get a lot of lawsuits. But if I continue to test, if I take my time, if I tested it the first time, it kind of worked, it floated. Well, you put someone in there and it didn't float. Okay, back to the drawing board. Test it a second time, worked a little better. Okay, we can do better though. Put it back in the, on the drawing board. You pull it back out again. Okay, this is it's a lot better. Put it back in again. Do it again and again and again and again. It takes time. It takes a lot of work a lot of going back over, you know, is this going to work? You keep going at it. That's what God is saying. It says, let, but let patience have her perfect work. Let it have its own time to work through it. There are many times God doesn't say, or we ask God, God, I can't do this trial. You go to God and he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take you out. No. Most times he's going to keep you going through it. There's a reason for it. He's going to test your faith to work that endurance, that patience to continue with him. I don't remember the exact quote, but when the children of Israel would bring a sacrifice to the priest, the sacrificial lamb had to be perfect, correct? Well, this lamb had to be looked over and inspected. And if there's any blemishes on it, couldn't be used. So what would happen if we're going through a trial, a great trial that's pushing us to the limit, and God just said, you know what? Let's just take you out. You asked for it. You, there you go. And you didn't complete the trial that God had for you. Well, yeah, you'd be stronger, but could you be the best? Could you be perfect at what you were supposed to be? So when that perfect work that you maybe have perfect and entire wanting nothing, meaning nothing else could be any better. You are the best form that God wants you at that point. You are there. But if you try to skip through it or speed it up, it wouldn't work. That or if I just throw it in the fire for a few minutes and brought it back out, it'd be super hot to touch, but I still couldn't do anything with it. I didn't melt it down. I didn't purify anything of it. If I put it in just a tad bit longer, yeah, it would melt down. Now I just got this unshaped hunk of metal but it's still got you know rocks and different minerals stuck into it it wasn't purified it wasn't a perfect thing yet so when these trials come when these these tribulations come through and you feel like you can't do it rely on God he's going to get you through it so that let but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing, that you will be at the best form that God wants you to be at. In John 16, verse 21, it says, A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, but her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for the joy that a man was brought into this world. This is the aftermath of the trial. You have made it out. 
And you know, that was so hard, but I've learned so much. That semester of just school, of just grinding that English comp one, I don't know what any of it meant, but I know more now than I did before. I went through, I stuck through, I stuck to it. God got me through it, and I know more now. I know what a verb is. <laughs> I'm getting there. But when you put in the time, when you allow God, it's like, God, I can't do this, but you can. You can get me through this. And you allow, you still allow God to use you to put you through this trial and not want to bail out. And you can get through it through God's strength. And it's so much better after than you were before. So let me ask you a few questions. What is your view on trials? When trials come, do you shy away from them? Do you say, no, 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 I don't want nothing. I, I, I already got enough hardship on me. You know, bills are crazy. Dogs going nuts in the back room. I, I, I can't right now. What is your attitude towards trials? Is it, ah, oh, I got another test. I got to study again. Or is it, you know, I got a test. Let's learn something. Let's go in this, and I may make a C minus, and it's still passing, but did I strive to learn something that I didn't know before? Or the attitude that I had when I went through it. Yeah, I got a C minus, but hey, I passed. God got me through it. I relied on Him. Is that so much better than going through a trial and saying, man, this, this is horrible. I don't want to be here. It's hot outside. It's, it's not the mountains. We're in the desert right now. I don't want to do this. Or do you say, God, you got me in a place that you want me. You got me in a trial that will make me a better Christian, make me a better believer, strengthen my faith and my endurance. Are you waiting for the perfect work or the fast work? Are you being patient during the trial? Are you, are you willing to go through the fire, the, the hammer hitting it, hammer hitting the, the iron like we're talking about? Are we, really, are we willing to go through the whole process? And I want to leave you with three things to encourage you. Number one, walk with God. Stay faithful. Because there are many Christians. I know a friend of mine. I won't say his name. He went through some, some struggles at school. Just didn't like it. Didn't want to go through it. And just fell away. Great preacher. Would have been a man for God. But he didn't want to stay faithful. And he's like, I'm done. And he just threw it all away. And it broke my heart because he was a dear friend of mine. I'm like, why would you ever throw this away? You're going to learn so much. And he's like, I just, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm like, you got to stay faithful. Walk with God. Matthew 11:28 28 says, come, into, come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God says, come to me. I want to know your, I know your struggle. Just come to me. I want to help you. Let me help you. It would be no good if my spotter, when I'm weightlifting, were to come up and say, oh, you're struggling, you're struggling. Oh, okay, I got it. Don't worry about it. You passed. 
No, I got to finish that, that workout. I got to finish that test. It'd be horrible if a teacher saw me struggling and said, you know what, you don't need to do that anymore. Much as I would like it. But that wouldn't work. I wouldn't gain any knowledge. Walk with God. Stay faithful. Rest in Him. Number two, keep a good attitude. James 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy. That was our slogan for our freshman year, and it didn't really hit me till last week till I really understood what that meant. Count it all joy. You're going to learn something. You're going to do something that you probably never have been able to do before had the opportunity not come. I had a choice at the, the fall semester in what I wanted to do with my summer. And I was talking with my parents, and I was like, ah, I don't want to go far. You know, I want to do something, but you know, I want to get money because I'm broke. <laughs> I want to do what I want to do. I want to do something fun. And then this opportunity came. I was like, Dad, I don't know. It's New Jersey. That's the Northerners. I, I can't do that. I'm a Southern boy. I just want to stay home and, you know, go hunting, fishing, and play my banjo, as Jordan would say. <laughs> Gives me a hard time about that. But he told me, say you skip out on this. Say you don't go to New Jersey. Say you stay here, just work grounds. You're going to miss out on so much. You're going to miss out on opportunities to be with other people. You know, me and Jordan kind of knew each other. Uh, he probably knew me as the annoying sock guy because I had these goofy socks. I'm like, Jordan, 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 I have goofy socks. You want to see them? And he's like, yeah, those are, those are cool. You're, you're weird. <laughs> but when I got up here, Jordan's like, yo, I didn't know it was you. I'm like, I didn't know it was you either. And we've had a great friendship. It's been awesome to be here. It's been awesome to meet you guys. It's been awesome to work with Pastor Richard and Pastor Tyler. And just to, to work with the staff here, it's been a huge blessing. But I had skipped out or not come into it with a good attitude. And I'm not going to lie, there were some struggles even being up here. I'm just, you know, homesick. I've never been this far away from home by myself. You know, I miss my friends, miss my girlfriend. It's not easy. But having people and just keeping that good attitude, my dad's like, stay faithful. Keep up the good work. Just keep going. You got this. You got this. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. And number three, have support from the church. There are so many Christians who think they can do it solo. I am one of those who have tried that. It does not work. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also as ye do. Paul is congratulating this church and saying, you guys are doing great, but continue to comfort one another. Edify, encourage one another. When someone's going through a trial, like we've done tonight, which it has been awesome to even the past two, two Wednesdays that I've been able to come and just participate in this, start, this service, it has been a huge blessing to know that a church will gather its members together and pray for one another, to encourage one another. So use that. Use your church members. Say, hey, I'm struggling. Can you pray with me? Or, hey, I'm struggling. Can you pray for me? Or, hey, I, I don't understand this. Like, go to someone who's been through what you've gone through. Or go to someone who's in something you're wanting to do. I want to be a preacher. I'm getting there slowly but surely. I've talked to Pastor Austin, 
Pastor Moses. I've talked to pastors back home. And I was like, I don't know what, what the Lord has entailed. But can I pick your mind? Can I take you out to coffee? Can I, can I call you over the weekend when you're not busy and just pick your mind? Can I, can I just listen to what you have to say? My dad always says, find someone else. Use their experiences more than your own. Because if you have to go through the trial, it would have been way easier to ask someone else who went through it first. Use someone else's experiences. So church, I encourage you. Walk faithfully with God. Stay in the Word. This, this Word is so important as a Christian. It, it contains everything that we need to continue on. Have a good attitude. When trials come, count it all joy. Like, God, this is going to be hard. I didn't say, it didn't say count it all happiness. That's an emotion. Emotions change by the whim of the wind. It doesn't say count it all happiness. Like, yay, another trial. It says count it all joy. God, I, I don't know what you got through this. I don't know how you're going to get me through this. But I'm ready to do it. Let's, let's go for it. Let's knock it out together. Count it all joy. And lastly, use the church. Be humble enough, be willing enough to say, hey, look, I'm struggling. Hey, look, I'm going through this trial. I need help. Whether it's just, I need a prayer, I'm having a bad day. Or church, my, great, my grandparents are in the Philippines and they're, they're struggling there. Now, that's not the case, but I was using a situation from a few years ago. They're doing well, but an example like that. If I have family members, or even myself, if I'm sick, I say, church, I, I just need prayers. I, I just, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Use the church. They're there for that. That's what the whole point of the church is, to use one another, to edify one another. Especially in a time like this, when you're looking for a new pastor. I've never been in a situation like this before, and I'm, honestly, I'm excited for you. I'm stressed for you, because I just do that. I'm stressed just as much as you guys are. I'm like, I'm not even involved, and I'm stressed to the max. As much as you guys are, I'm involved short-term. Y'all are involved long-term, I pray. But when those, those doubts come, those trials come, say, hey, let's just get together. Let's pray through this. Let's just do this together. We have a coach who'd say, is it better to do individual things, like say you're in a, a fighting match and you just slap individually, or is it to come together and really defend yourself? Come together, church. We'll pray and then I'll turn it back over to Colin. And I just encourage you, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity just to open up your word, Lord. Lord, I pray that you be with this church. I pray that you just continue to strengthen them, just to encourage them, that they rely on you, Lord. Lord, I pray that they're just edifying one another. That if they have a, a situation or a thought comes to mind, like, hey, I just, I need to pray for someone, that they just do it. Lord, this church is going to go through a lot. It's never easy. Lord, I, I know that you can get this church through this. The search for a new pastor. The doubts of what are we going to do until then. Lord, strengthen them. Give them patience. I pray that you be with the missionaries over New Zealand, Lord.
Lord, that's a good situation to be in, to have to upgrade rather than downgrade, Lord. But I pray that you be with them as that is very stressful, searching for new places. Lord, I pray that you be with each one of the members who are on the healing list. That you continue to be the great physician, Lord, that we know you are. That you bless them. You guide the doctors and nurses. Lord, I pray that you be with each and every one of the, the people on the salvation list, Lord. That you soften their heart. That if someone has the opportunity to plant seeds, Lord, that you allow them and to do it boldly. That you will provide the increase. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to come and preach to this, this church, Lord. I thank you for allowing me to just have the health and the ability to do so, Lord. Lord, I pray that we go home safely tonight and we just give honor and glory to you in everything we do. In your name, amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.